0: Hello to all my friends here in Canton and all my friends in Jasper Rev students, I'm excited to be with you tonight. You're excited and it's a great time to be here because tonight we're going to talk about something that I am really passionate about. We are going to talk about being the greatest. So I have some experience with this and so I want to share it with you guys. There we go. That's a good joke. Let's loosen up, everybody. Let's loosen up. All right, so when you hear the greatest, I think there's probably a lot of things that come to your mind. A lot of people have different things that, um, that they think of, but it always brings something to everyone's mind. I am old, so I did a Facebook poll to see what people thought about when they heard the greatest, and they gave me all kinds of things. Very few people said the same thing because there was all kinds of different plans and thoughts about what that looks like. So I have a few things up here on the screen that I want to show you that kind of show some different thoughts about what it looks like to be the greatest. So let's look at this first picture. Muhammad Ali, he's known for being the greatest. He claimed to be the greatest. He gave himself the title that he's the greatest. See here he said, I'm the greatest even before I knew I was, right? So that is a pretty huge statement there. Muhammad Ali, known for being the greatest. Let's go to the next one. When you think of the greatest, this has been pretty, a little greatest showman, right? You think of the greatest show on earth. The greatest, it's in the title, right? The greatest showman. There's a lot that happens uh, in that one. So let's see the next one. The Beatles. So, you know, I was looking up, Rolling Stone did this whole thing where they listed out the greatest bands of all time and the Beatles, they called the Beatles the number one greatest band of all time. And I know there's probably debate, I'm sure other people think different things, but they changed music forever with what they did. So the Beatles, I love the Beatles, but they are, they are known for being the greatest, if not just one of the greatest bands of all time. All right, the next one, Seinfeld. Now... I, I passionate, I love Seinfeld. It's my favorite show of all time. I think it's the greatest show of all time. Some of you probably have, don't even know what it is. But TV Guide ranked it the number one greatest show of all time. You can't, they can't be wrong because they're a TV Guide, right? They're a TV Guide. So they said that now there's a bunch of different shows. You probably have a show that you're like, no, this is the greatest show. I'm sure. Everybody's got their own greatest show, but Seinfeld could be one of them. All right, let's see another one. So... The greatest artist of all time. What a big debate. There's no way that we could actually know, but Michelangelo is known for being, he's ranked one of the greatest artists of all times. He painted the Sistine Chapel, the David. I mean, this is pretty amazing to think that he created this out of stone, right? So there's a greatest in the art. Let's see the next one. Now, the greatest SEC football teams of all time. If you look at this, there's like one consistency throughout all of the greatest college football teams. So I might get a little roll tide on this, but you can't deny, you can't deny that many times. So the top 10 SEC teams in history over half of them are Alabama. So, maybe maybe the greatest team of all time. All right, let's go on. There's a little bit more debate there. So, this is the USA dream team. So, when I back in 1992, way before you guys were thought of, no one was there was the greatest basketball team created of all time. I had this poster on my wall in my bedroom. It was like this long. It was this huge, long poster. I was so obsessed with this greatest team. I had every one of their individual pictures hung around this poster. So it took up my entire bedroom wall. Mine was not autographed. This would be like a childhood dream. I, I, am so, I was so obsessed with this. I made our whole like, kids' ministry staff here dress up as this team one time because I just thought, man, if I just put Michael Jordan's jersey on... I would suddenly be Michael Jordan. It didn't happen. But greatest basketball team of all time, maybe, I, I would say. So let's see one more. Here's a huge debate. It's not a debate. In my mind, it's not a debate. I'm always Jordan. I'm always Jordan. A lot of you guys, you've got the shoes, right? The Jordans. He's the reason you have Jordans. It's not just the name. So all these debates about what is the greatest. So tonight we're gonna take a look at what it means to be the greatest. What does it mean? What does the Bible say? How do you become the greatest? How do you live a life that is the greatest? So we're gonna jump into Mark, just like we have been all along. So let's look at Mark. We're gonna go to Mark chapter nine. And we're gonna look starting with verse 33 and 34. So 33 says... And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, this is Jesus that they're talking about, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. So this is Jesus and his disciples, they're walking along, and one thing we typically know about Jesus is when he asks a question, he usually already knows the answer. It's a lot like your parents, right? If they ask you a question, most parents don't ask many questions that they don't know the answer to. Just get that out of the way. They, they want you to know that they actually know what's going on in your life. So when your, your mom or dad says, why were you up so late? What were you looking at on your phone? Who were you texting? They already know. Just like Jesus in this story. So it's better that you not act like the disciples because they said nothing. They just stared at Jesus like, but he already knew, just like your parents. So here's just a little free advice. When your parents ask you a question and you don't want to tell them the answer, go ahead and tell them. They already know, and you're gonna get a lot of trouble out of the way if you go ahead and answer them. So, but Jesus already knew the answer to this question. And so let's go on to see what he says next in Mark 9, 35. He says, and he sat down and called the 12, that's his disciples, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last and servant Of all, So the Bible doesn't tell us whether the disciples told him what they were doing or not. So when he called them over, he was answering their question for them. He called them over to tell them, I know already what you guys were doing. You were arguing about who was the greatest. And the way that he told them to be the greatest was to say, if you want to be the greatest, you have to be the last and the servant of all. Now, that's totally backwards. That is not what we think of when we hear about being the greatest. All those pictures of the people and the things that I just showed you guys, they didn't get to be the greatest by serving other people. They got to be the greatest by being the most popular at something, by being the best at something, by getting the most attention, by getting very famous. And that's why we call them the greatest. So when we hear this story about, that Jesus is saying— The way to be the greatest is to be a servant of all? It's just the total opposite view of what the rest of the world would say and what we would think. And right now, for you guys, it's pretty easy to live your life and be pretty self-obsessed. You've got social media everywhere. Pretty much as a teenager, Even if it doesn't feel like it, most of your world revolves around you. You do the things you wanna do. You wanna join this sports team, you join that team. You go to school and you do the classes even if you don't want to. Your parents have to get you to school because that's part of what you do in your life. You go to this party because you wanna go. You post this selfie because it's the one you wanna post. right? A lot of stuff is coming at you, and it's not bad, but it's easy to focus on yourself. You're living for yourself, and a lot of times that can get exhausting. When everything about your life is focused on you, you can really just get tired of it. And it happens really fast, and that's such a big part of your life. But Jesus said we should be a servant to others. Jesus said that's how we live a life of greatness. Now, when I was saying that you can be self-obsessed, sometimes it can look bad, but sometimes it can look pretty good. When I was younger, I was pretty self-obsessed, but I was obsessed with making sure I looked great by making good choices, by being good, and I got a lot of uh, respect and people thought I was great because that's what I looked like on the outside. And so that could be you too. Being, thinking about yourself doesn't always have to look bad. But in the midst of that, as I grew up, I began to learn that just looking good wasn't the answer. As I got older, I began to realize that there really is power, and there really is something great about serving other people. It became something that was super important to me and something that I wanted to remind myself of all the time. It became something that I knew I needed to live out. So I didn't just look at it over and over again and think about it. I actually got it put on my body. So I have this tattoo. I'll show you a little bit of the process here. Uh, this is the young, skinny Derek. Um, that was. That was a strong reaction that I don't know how I feel about. Um, I was like, "Whoa, look at that young, skinny guy. I know. I got you know, whatever I changed. So I got this tattoo. This was me on the last day I was 25, and I, I went and got this, this tattoo on my body, and it means it means that he who wants to become king in the future must first learn to serve. So I have this as a reminder each and every day of my life. As I see this, it's a reminder that I need to live my life in service to others. It's something I've committed my life to, something I've committed my body to. It's something that is just always on my mind. Now, for you guys, I'm not telling you to go out and get a tattoo. I will deny it to your parents. I will tell them that you're lying. I will make sure they understand that if you tell them, hey, Pastor Derek said I need a tattoo for Jesus. (laughs) It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, there's a reminder each and every day. It's right here in God's Word. God's Word is saying that you should live your life for others. You should serve others. If you want to be great, you need to serve others. So Mark goes on to say, let's look at Mark 9, 36 and 37. And he, Jesus, took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him into his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. You see, Jesus had an upside down view of greatness. His view of greatness was upside down from the rest of the world. And he said, when we receive a child or receive the least of these, when we honor someone who is not important, we are honoring him and we are therefore honoring God. You see, in this time period, when Jesus was, was telling this story, when he was bringing the kid to him, kids really had no value. They weren't important. They, they, a lot of kids died when they were young they were, or they were used for work. There was nothing really that important about a kid. So he picked the least important person around to say, you should serve him. You should honor him. So in your life, I want you to think about who is it in your life that you can show this upside-down view of greatness to. There's tons of people in your life that you could find a way to serve. It doesn't have to be something huge. Jesus just pulled a kid over and honored him. Who can you honor in your daily life? Who can you say thank you to? Who can you share love with? Who can you help that's walking down the hallway of your school? There's tons of people in your life that you can show greatness to by serving them. And and as I was studying for this, I read this this quote, and I thought, "This this helps explain the rest of it. It says, at no point does the way of Jesus diverge more sharply from the way of the world than on the question of greatness. Jesus does not exactly repudiate prominence and greatness, but he redefines them. So Jesus doesn't say greatness is bad. He just redefines what greatness is. The challenge is to be great in things that matter to God. Nothing is greater in God's eyes than giving, and no vocation affords the opportunity to give more than that of a servant. So, just like he was saying, Jesus doesn't want us to not be great. He doesn't want us to strive for being less than. He wants us to be great. He just says that greatness is defined by serving. Greatness is defined by serving others. So everyone in this room has the opportunity to be great. Everyone in this room can shine bright by serving others. So tonight, I wanna actually honor some people. There's some people in this room that are living out greatness each and every week. They are here in Canton, they're in Jasper, and right now what I want is for all of our Rev Students leaders in purple shirts, I want you to stand up. Stand up and let's cheer and celebrate all of our Rev students' leaders. They don't want to stand up. Look around. These people, y'all can sit down. They don't even want to stand up because they are not doing this so that you will applaud them. You know what? It's not easy for them to be here on Wednesday nights. They have families. They have stuff to do. They could be at home watching TV. They could be at another job making money. They could be at the grocery store getting groceries for the week, hanging out with friends. They actually have other things to do. But they choose to be here and serve you each and every week because they believe there's value in you. They believe that you are worth the cost that it takes for them to be here on Wednesday nights. And they live out the greatness of serving each and every week. And I'm so proud to know them and so proud that they're here each and every week because you guys are better because of them. Their greatness is coming from investing in serving you. There's another group of people. I'm not just saying that this is for the adults in the room, but there's people, there are students in this room who are serving each and every week. They put up all of the banners and the signs, they put up the games. They make sure that students works. They're running sound. They're, they are doing all kinds of jobs all over this building on Wednesday nights. They're welcoming new people. They're passing out pizza. They are serving and being great. They're here on Wednesdays. There's also groups of students that are serving on Sunday mornings in Rev Kids and the Welcome Team. Our students, you guys, are serving. So if you are a student server, please stand up. We want to see you guys. Let's give them a hand. You guys can sit down. I'm so proud of these guys. You may wonder, how do I get one of those cool teal shirts to be a Rev student serving? Tonight, in your small group, we're gonna give you a chance to find out how you can join our teams on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. So in small groups tonight, you're gonna have a chance to do that. You could be part of the team. You see, the students in this room that are serving are leading the way in our church. The adults are looking up to you, and they are saying, something is going on that's huge in Rev students, You're leading the way and you are changing the culture of our church. And it's all because you're doing what Jesus said it means to be great. And because of your greatness, our student ministry is even greater than it ever was before. And I think it could be even more greater if more of you guys will step up and say, yeah, I want to do that too. You know what? I've been living for myself. I haven't been serving others. I've been looking for greatness in a whole different way. And tonight, we're gonna give you the chance. Join a team. Join our team. Serve with us. If you can't do that, find a person in your life that needs you to serve them because your life will never be the same. I think those of you that went to mission camp this summer, we learned at mission camp that by serving, our lives will never be the same. It's fun to serve. It's fulfilling. It actually changes you, and it feels good to serve others. And it shouldn't be crazy for us to see that because God's word, Jesus said, that's the way to be great. We should believe what he says because what happens when we do the things that he says, it works. It works. And this is one of the things that seems upside down, but it is oh so true. When you serve, your life is changed. You matter and it makes a difference. Now, Tonight, I just want us to think for a minute. If Jesus said this and Jesus did this, we're able to see that in Jesus' life, he didn't just speak these words. He lived them out each and every moment of his life. Jesus was the ultimate example of someone serving because Jesus served us even to the point of death. I mean, he took it all the way, man. He didn't just stop at telling us to do it. But Jesus knew that that was the only way for us to have the life that he wanted for us. That he wanted eternity for us to be different. And so Jesus served us to death. You see, the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all broken God's rule. And the punishment for that sin is death. Internal separation from God. And in that, Jesus said, you know what? I have been someone that didn't sin. Jesus came to earth and didn't sin. He just served others. And he said, I'm gonna take that punishment. And he took that punishment by dying a death on the cross. He took the punishment for our sin and served us to death on the cross. Three days later, the Bible tells us that he rose again, showed power over death. And tonight, I think there's some of you that are like, you know what? I don't even know if I can serve Jesus because I haven't accepted him. I haven't decided to follow him. But the Bible says, real simply, we can accept his forgiveness. We can say, I, I'm a sinner. I believe I've sinned. But Jesus, I believe that you served me by taking my place in death on the cross. And tonight, you can accept him and you can follow him. And you know what? Just like he said, whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. You can receive the God of the universe into your life. And then you can go out and be great by serving the rest of the world, just like Jesus did for you. So in just a second, we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna give you a chance to think about that and see maybe if that's where you are tonight, that you need to receive Jesus. But I also think there's a few people in here that maybe we don't talk about a lot. Some of you guys that are just like me when I was in the eighth grade, I have it written right here in my Bible. This, is, this Bible is older than you guys. So it says right here, on January 14th, 1996, I was in the eighth grade. I was in church. And I felt the call to be a pastor. I knew that God wanted me to serve him with my entire life, with my job, with my whole future. Just as an eighth grader. Some of you guys are sitting out here in the crowd and you, and you have felt something and you maybe didn't know what that was. But when you serve and when you're here, you feel like this is what I think God wants me to do for my whole life. So when we pray, pray about it. And if you're thinking, you know what? I think that's me. Derek, I think that's me. I'm a person that I think God's calling me. I'm gonna be a minister. I'm gonna be a worship leader. I'm gonna serve in the local church when I, when I get out of school or as I, as I grow I'm gonna intern at the church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a minister of God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve him with my life. If that's you, I'm gonna be outside in the lobby here in Canton, and I wanna talk to you after that. I wanna talk a little bit more, maybe help you understand what that means. Jeremy's gonna be out in the lobby in Jasper, and he wants to talk to you about that. We wanna talk to you if that's something. We'll help you follow that call in your life, because it could be you right here. This might be what God wants you to do. Be up here teaching more people. Serving him and being great by bringing greatness to his name. So right now we're going to pray. So everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Like I said, some of you need to pray about that. Some of you need to pray about just what in the world do I need to do to serve others? Who is it? Ask God who is it that he wants you to serve first, to show his love. But then the others that I was saying to you tonight There's a group of you that's saying, you know what? Jesus did serve me all the way to the point of death and oh my gosh, I wanna follow him. I am ready tonight to follow him. So if that's you, let's pray this prayer together. Pray after me just silently. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I have broken your rules. I know that the punishment for that sin is is death and separation from you. Please forgive me for that. I choose to accept your gift of forgiveness. Jesus, I'm ready to follow you with my life. I will follow your example as the greatest servant. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Everybody keep your heads down just for another second. Close your eyes. I just wanna ask for a second, if any of you out there, I think that there was someone that was praying that prayer with me tonight. If tonight you said, you know what, I wanna follow Jesus, I'm ready to do that. Will you just raise your hand? We wanna give you something. We wanna make sure that your small group leader knows that you did this because we wanna help you follow Jesus. We wanna help you know what it means to serve him. I see you back there. That's great. Anybody else? If you'll raise your hand, we'll come and get you. There's another one up here. We see you. Yeah, we're gonna. There's another one? Great. Raise your hand because high so they can see it. You don't have to be ashamed. Everyone's excited for you tonight. We want to celebrate this and we want to help you know. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Right up here too? We're trying to get some more things right over here. Yep, all the way over here. It's hard to see some. You guys, we're gonna try and find a few more of these bags. We wanna give you a book that's gonna help you know what it means to follow Jesus. We want you to tell your leader tonight. We want you to be able to tell them, yes, I've done this. Can you help me know what this means? Because once you follow Jesus, you get the chance to have his power in you. It's awesome that you're doing this tonight. Thank you guys for doing that. We're gonna keep an eye out. They're gonna get you these bags because this is a super exciting day, a really powerful moment, you guys, that around you people have decided tonight that they're gonna follow Jesus. I think we have a moment to really see our culture change here as you guys serve and live for Jesus, all right? Thank you guys.